Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Overcome Yourself podcast. As you know, my name is Nicole, and I am here with a, um, he is a conflict resolution coach. His name is Jerry Fu, and he's going to be telling us all about um, the amazing that work that he does um, with the Asian American leaders um, all around the world, I guess. So, Jerry, let's jump in. We want to hear all about you um, and this conflict resolution. This sounds really cool. Um, you're like a peacemaker. So, I'm going to hear all about that. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Nicole. Thanks for having me. Yeah, happy to, to jump in with that. So uh, the short end of the story is that um, leadership specifically saved my pharmacy career in that um, learning to take on leadership challenges is what got me more job options um, when I was when my career was kind of in, in rough shape. Basically, I'd been fired from the job I moved to Houston for. And so it was just an uphill climb uh, with that. But even as I agreed to got the confidence to take on manager positions, I still struggled to engage in conflict. So when technicians were underperforming or, uh, you know, they were acting, you know, in poor in poor behavior or you know, just not meeting expectations, I had a well-guided, well-meaning, but misguided view of grace. It's just like, well, you know, just let them, let them, you know, I don't want to engage in this conversation, but it's really just a cop-out. And of course, at that point, management got mad with me because they said, you're not keeping your text in line. And so we're going to have to write you up as well. And so that was a humbling lesson. And yeah, basically, um, even as my pharmacy career allowed me to have more job options because of my leadership experience, um, I got, I just got tired of hopping from job to job because it didn't last very long. And so I said, well, I love teaching those leadership workshops, which I started doing in 2012 through a pharmacy nonprofit. Um, you know, what would a career look like doing these instead of having to chase scripts, you know, fight insurance companies, things like that. And so when I decided to launch this business, I realized very quickly that leadership coaches are now a dime a dozen, right? There's an international coaching federation, which I'm certified through, but there's plenty of coaches like all around the world, like that all claim to be leadership coaches. And so how do I position myself a little differently? And so I niched down to, um, you know, my ideal client, which is what I, you know, would have been 10 years ago. So that's usually what they say in coaching. Hey, your ideal client is usually who you were 10 years ago. It's like, okay, Asian Americans, who struggle to engage in a society where they're just taught to you know, be respectful and deferential, even if they're uh, frustrated. And so, uh, and plus all of the clients that I've had so far and all the workshops I've done really centered around some kind of unresolved conflict. And so all my friends were telling me, Jerry, you know, this is a no brainer, like conflict is your specialty, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and so uh, it really is a joy though, because uh, it's you struggle with something long enough. And like, the surprising thing, Nicole, is that I got very fascinated with it. Say, so, hey, you know, yeah, leadership was a struggle, but now I'm fascinated with it. Uh, conflict resolution is a struggle and it's an ongoing thing. Right. Uh, just because you resolve one conflict doesn't mean you're done. Like, you just move on to the next bigger conflict. And so, as David Allen says, in getting things done right, the better you get, the better you'd better get. And yeah, so that's kind of where we are now, um, just building the business, trying to meet new people and see who's interested in uh, my help. Wow, that is such a cool journey. And, um, you know, I think a lot of us struggle with the conflict, especially entrepreneurs, um, you know, dealing with clients, like how do you, you know, resolve a conflict with someone that's paying you a lot of money? Like, how do you tell them they're wrong? <laughs> you know, and you get to some places where you're like, 
Uh, so that is such a really cool niche. Like, I love that you were able to see like a really good problem that people have and you just got really good and, and, and are teaching people how to solve it. So, um, do you have any tips for entrepreneurs, um, for, you know, resolving conflicts? Like I said, maybe with, um, with clients or with even like VAs that they might be working with and they, they need to tell them, Hey, I don't like this quality of work. I need it to be better, but I don't want to insult you. So (laughs) (laughs) what kind of, you know, advice do you have for us in that area? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the first is, um, uh, I guess the first step that comes to mind is to assume positive intent. Uh, you know, Brene Brown talks about saying, well, if that's the, you know, he's doing the best he can. Okay. Then that takes the pressure off because, uh, you know, at the very least, I mean, even if they don't meet expectations, you just say, well, if they're doing the best they can, okay, let's, let's get curious about this. Right. And let's say, Hey, as John Maxwell says, right. Leaders, uh, people don't always do what's expected. They always do what's inspected. Right. And so maybe you take a more proactive approach. Don't helicopter micromanage, but maybe you throw in a couple extra check-ins that just shine a flashlight on what you need done and things like, Hey, where are we with this project? Oh yeah, we're here. Da, da, da. Um, and part of it is, asking the right questions simply to get them to realize, oh, okay, we're on the same side, number one. And number two, do we have a, a common goal? Or do we agree on what success looks like and why that success is important to say, hey, you know, having this report done uh, by Friday at 5 p.m. allows me to, you know, go to this client and make sure we land, you know, a $10,000 deal, right? Because they, this is the information that they're looking for. And so, you know, this is how we pay everyone's salaries right? This is how we retain your benefits. And so when you show the benefit to, uh, you know, your employee or your client to say, hey, this is in your best interest to make sure that you do your job, um, it's, it adds a level of satisfaction you wouldn't have otherwise, because a lot of people, right, you hear on the lower end, just they're just like, I'm just slaving for the man. And, you know, even if I work, uh, even if I move another 10 units, I'm not going to see another dime, right? And they just find ways to um, justify, uh, you know, playing not to lose rather than really investing themselves uh, fully in, in their work. And so uh, to your to your question, right, I've realized that the best way to win an argument is only to diffuse it. Uh, you learn that in customer service uh, very, very quickly, right? Uh, for an example, we had several times in pharmacy, it was when, you know, uh, patients would call, hey, I didn't get my medication, you know, FedEx messed this up, I didn't get it. And then we had, you know, customer service references who would tell them, no, according to the FedEx confirmation, it says it was delivered at your house at 2 p.m. So, you know, you're lying. And it's like, oh, no, no. even if you're right, like, don't tell them that. Please right. Don't. right. Um, even if all the evidence is in your favor, it is not in your best interest to 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 accuse them of being liars or you know, right. incompetent people. So uh, really, it's more about reminding people that you want what's best for them and you 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 affirm the relationship first hey i'm committed to you right i I want to make sure that you are taken care of i want to make sure that this relationship is adding the value that you invest that you're expecting from your investment so let me stay coachable and curious and say okay like what you know what needs to change and how can i help affect that change i love that that is so good and that's not just for business I mean, I was just thinking, wow, that would work really well. Like in even a marriage, like assuming positive intent and approaching with curiosity, like, you know, imagine if we dealt with all our relationships like that. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that's that's such good advice. Um, and so a big part of your journey then 
big part of what you've done is overcome yourself, right? So I, I don't know if you know, that's the name of the, the podcast, of course, but that's also the name of my upcoming book. And so I oh, love wonderful. how you were able, thank you, how you were able to take something that wasn't really a positive, that's something that was a weakness and you mm -hmm. turned it into your superpower. That's literally one of the chapters, um, one of the titles of the chapter. So can you talk to us a little bit about that, about how you were able to lean into what you thought was a weakness and you made it into your superpower? <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Um, I, I think of what Malcolm Gladwell says when he talks about desirable difficulties, right? Where, yeah, Your he favorite. just- <laughs> yeah, you know, and he talks about, yeah, like dyslexia actually helps CEOs yeah. get stronger, right? Or Jim Quick talking about in this book, Limitless, like his his initial brain injury uh, forced him to figure out more effective ways to learn. Um, and so with me, yeah, it it was, uh, it was a journey Incredible. from, <laughs> oh, I know, right? It was a journey from this very pessimistic fixed mindset where it's like, oh, you know what? I'm not good at this after two or three times oh, I guess I'll just never be good at it. I'm just not going to bother. And I don't want to look incompetent. Um, so I'm just not going to touch it. So that was the case with leadership for me. Uh, you know, uh, in school, I would hold positions, but I didn't know how to lead people well. I didn't know how to motivate them. I didn't know how to cast vision or communicate it. Um, and I didn't know how to really show them, number one, that I really cared, number one, that I really cared about them and want to bring out the best in them. That's the first thing. But yeah. And then same thing in chain pharmacy in my previous, you know, even as my, the first career that I invested in uh, chain pharmacy, like when you're a pharmacy manager, it's a little bit more money for a lot more headaches and, you know, it just scares people away and they have trouble having people fill those positions because they just say the liability is not worth, um, you know, the, the, the title. And so I was just in a really unhealthy environment for lead that was not conducive for leadership. And, you know, it wasn't until I taught leadership at this leadership development seminar, you know, through my pharmacy fraternity nonprofit, where uh, I started to give myself permission for the possibility to say, you know, instead of being, oh, leadership is hard, I can never be good at it. It's like, well, what if I could be good at it? What, what would that look like? What kind of work would that involve? Because I saw a model for me and I started to study these leaders that I respect and said, you know, how did they bring out the best in me? I said, wow, they're fun to learn from. They're fun to be around. They're always tinkering, always working. There is no question about how hard they work. They involve me uh, every step of the way. Hey, what do you think of this? You know, this is what I came up with. And you just are you're excited to keep up with them. And when I took time to reflect on this and I said, you know what? Uh, I need to kind of embed these characters for myself. So how do I, you know, what would make me fun to be around? What would make me, you know, fun to learn from? Well, how do I, you know, what would gain people's trust, right? What, how could I show them that they can, that I'm, I'm, I'm worth trusting and following? Um, and not just so that the company's bottom line gets the help, but that I really am, you know, truly bringing out the best version of themselves. You brought up really good points in there. Um, the first thing that I thought of was perspective. What you had to do, mm -hmm. the first thing you had to do, right, was adjust your perspective. Mm -hmm. um, something that I talk about a lot. Um, and then the second part, um, oh yeah, I just totally lost it. It was really good. And then it just disappeared. But adjusting perspective, how important it is, um, just the way that we look at something, we look at a situation and sometimes it takes just taking a step back and be like, how else can I look at this? And those are, you know, you started asking new questions, um, which is really cool. Um, hold on. Let me look here in the questions. I want to make sure we don't miss anything from our sure.
So you want to tell us about your um, your coaching, your group workshops, and your presentations. Um, so how those are like the methods that you help your clients, right? So can you tell us a little bit more about that and how um, my audience can get in touch with you? Certainly, yeah. Um, coaching, uh, you can take a couple of different approaches to it. The first is uh, the client sets the agenda, right? Uh, the clients are the expert on their lives. And so you come to me and you say, hey, this is what's on my mind. You know, this is what I want to work through. And so um, just sign up at my website, adaptingleaders.com, just for a free 30-minute consult. If this is something you're excited about, once you get a sample of coaching, then yeah, you can sign up, you know, pay as you go per hour, or you can sign up for a specific package. Um, and so on my website, I've actually tailored the packages down specific to conflict, whether it's conflict within yourself, uh, conflict at work, or cultural conflict. Um, you know, you can select which one that ultimately, you know, tells me what you want to focus on. Um, I also have a leadership essentials uh, coaching package, which includes what I believe are the nine essential skills and qualities to leadership, which include things like vision and conflict resolution and legacy and integrity. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a much more involved uh, situation where, yeah, it'll be like nine or 10 weeks to, to get through everything. But uh, the group workshops, uh, there's a, a host of uh, supplemental challenges that leaders deal with. So things like fighting apathy, burnout recovery, leadership without titles, um, all these things that are pain points for leaders that, um, you know, people have been kind enough to share with me. So I've been able to build specific material to their needs. And same thing is true for your organization, just to say, hey, look, Jerry, like you have a lot of good topics, but here's another one that, you know, doesn't seem to be addressed. And I say, hey, let me build that out for you. Uh, you know, everything is tailor-made for, for my clients because, you know, as I said, you're the expert on yourselves and your organizations. So, you know, help me figure out, you know, how to best, you know, address your problems. Right. So that's the easiest way for people to get in touch for sure. Very cool. I love it. Um, so is there any last minute tips that you have for the audience? Oh, wait, sure. you mentioned here, um, you, we, you mentioned here discussing fixed mindsets when it comes to overcoming fear of rejection. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about that before we sign off here? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's true for my personal and professional life because for the longest time, uh, similar to what you talk about overcoming yourself, after a couple failed dates, I just told myself I was undateable and I just, it didn't matter how many women that my friends or my mom tried to set up for me, it just set up to fail because I was already kind of in my own head saying I was undateable. And it wasn't until, you know, I went through my own barter coaching with other coaching friends and they said, you know, why are you telling yourself this? Where is this coming from? And when you lean into it and you realize that like, um, it's not doing you any good, right. To, to keep telling yourself this, you just, you know, you're just you know, denying yourself. Um, and so then, yeah, it doesn't get easier initially where you have to go out there and put yourself out there and you still get no's. But um, when you realize that that's just a sign to keep going, when no is simply just a sign to keep going instead of uh, an insult on, on your person and your identity, um, it just becomes a lot easier to deal with. Like podcasts, same thing. I'm just like plenty of people said no, even if I thought it was a good match, but I've gotten so many yeses, including yours. And I'm so grateful for that. And same thing with clients, right? If I am so afraid of rejection and I'm preaching to people about not being afraid of rejection, like I can't be a hypocrite. That's going to kill my business. So let me continue to do my part to overcome my fear of rejection uh, as, the, as the stakes get higher. And absolutely, guys, no just means freeing up your time to pursue the next yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, 
they're doing you a favor. You know, they were not the guests for you. They might have yep. been a headache. They might have been this. They yeah. might have been that. Yeah. And so sometimes we just got to be like, you know what? They weren't for me. Um, same with the dating world, right? Like, you know what? This might be, this is probably a blessing in disguise that I'm not going to yeah. be with this person. Let me go find a better one, you know? So exactly. um, that's such a good point. And you know what? The only way we get over that, that fear, um, mm -hmm. I was talking about this on another podcast, is really to walk through it. Like it mm -hmm. feels like a wall. And yeah. then when you come up to it, it's so scary. And it's like, mm -hmm. And I remember turning away from that wall so many times, but then you realize, you know, like a light comes on somewhere and you realize it's not a wall. It's like a sheet and it's just mm -hmm. scaring you. And all you've got to do is like push past it and you can walk right through it. And you're like, oh, I love that. It's so bad after all. Right. Do you think mm -hmm. that, do you feel like, you know, that kind of snowballed as you were able to, you know, deal with more rejection, but got getting more yeses too? Yeah, when you realize, I mean, at least it helps with with podcasts where that the stakes I feel for me, it's it's lower. And I remember Donald Miller saying, hey, when you realize rejection is just a part of life, like you realize, hey, you know, everyone deals with this. And I mean, I have to deal with it as a manager when everyone's like, I get plenty of technician applications. Hey, Jerry, I need a job. It's like, I don't have the payroll to say yes to everybody. So we have to understand that no is okay. Um, and it's not like, how dare they, you know, they're missing out. You can frame it like that, but or you can just say, hey, you know what? thank you for your honesty, because I'd rather have a girl tell me no, as opposed to yes, and then ghost me after she gives me her phone number, right? That's just uh, an aversion to conflict. That's right? a good point. And you know, and it hurts, but I, at the same time, but I'm thankful for it now, because yeah, again, you're just, thank you for sparing my time and effort to, you know, to make sure I'm, I'm actually using it towards a, a goal that I might get to instead of saying, hey, no, the store's closed. It's okay. Like, that's fine. I love it. I love it. Yay. Um, okay. So now do you have any last minute thoughts for our listeners before we sign off? <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. Um, the, the, the simple framework, I guess, that I've kind of tailored in terms of dealing with conflict involves five steps. So anytime you're about to have a hard, a hard conversation with somebody, whether it's a coworker or a boss, or even a friend or, you know, a family member who, you know, that everyone has that one aunt that just wants to, you know, share her opinion about what you should be doing with your life. Right. Uh, the first is to ask yourself, what would success look like? right? Well, how would a successful conversation go? Like, well, imagine that in your head, right? Allow for that possibility. Uh, the second step is to find 10 seconds of courage. Um, you don't have to be Superman or woman or woman, right? You just need to just have enough courage to send the text, pick up the phone, send the email saying, hey, do you have a moment to talk? I, I need your help sorting something out. Um, and then three is to uh, script your key phrases, you know, make sure that you know exactly what you need to say and cover everything that you want to be sure to address. Uh, the fourth is to rehearse those key phrases. So don't just do your homework, like, you know, practice out loud, hearing what it's like, say them with confidence, say them with, you know, with, with grace and respect and role play with your friends. Just have them practice with you to say, hey, how might this conversation go? And then five, follow through, right? Like all this preparation doesn't mean anything if you're just like, ah, oh, you know, I like the idea of resolving this conflict more than actually resolving the conflict. And, you know, for that, at least people can be, I'm thankful for their honesty and say, you know what? I like the idea of doing this, but I really just don't want to. So, um, yeah, I just if that framework works for you and you're dealing with the conversation that you'd like a little more help with, yeah, just set up a call on my website. That is so cool. And you know what? We 
do that to ourselves, but usually in the negative way, right? We go through all of those steps, but it's usually we're assuming the worst to them. We're imagining what horrible things they can say. We've got to get the courage to actually deal with it. But when you just adjust your perspective a little bit, and I love how the first step is what does a successful conversation? Because there's so much intentionality in that. Like you have to, you have to prepare yourself. So you just have to, you just have to think about it for a few minutes instead of just you know, going with the usual script. I love that. This has been such a cool conversation, Jerry. Um, I'm going to make sure that all of your links are available in the show notes. Um, awesome. So it's very easy for readers to or listeners um, to find you. And mm-hmm. um, otherwise, um, are you on Facebook? Are you on social media? Can we follow you? Did find you me know? on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's LinkedIn. the one That's the one uh, social media set I'm, I'm, I'm uh, working with right now. Uh, right. Everything else is just too exhausting <laughs> for no, me. Anyway. I... Let me just let me just stick with one. <laughs> you know what? That's what you're supposed to do. So I commend you for doing that. You know, you get really good and it is exhausting. You know, posting is not the exhausting part. Mm-hmm. It's the notifications <laughs> that get mm-hmm. exhausting, you know, <laughs> especially True. when you start getting good with it. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us, Jerry. It has been absolutely wonderful speaking with you. Um, And I look forward to us working together in the future as well. Me too, Nicole. We'll be in touch. Thanks. Thank you. Have a great day, guys. Bye.